Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toffee, toffee. It's black cap. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Up and down. Well done. Bye bye. Hello and welcome to ABW Live. Another win. Wow, I can't get over it. How are we, people? Um, yeah, it's FA Cup weekend and a very different one to what we're used to, obviously. But hey, we're winning. Nothing much wrong with that. First in the bot, uh, I'm, I'm professional and I'm not on Nate on my YouTube. Um, first in the in the chat was a bag of dicks. Then we had MJL. Um, then we had Tom Douglas, Joshua Page, uh, Danny's in there. Uh, Alonzo Spencer's in there. How are you feeling, Alonzo? Hope you're well, mate. Um, and two, three, five, one hundred. Josh is in there. Bastiel's Ed's in there. Thunder Road. Julian Salmon. David Marr. Daniel Kupka, Brian. Thunder Road, you're not wrong. <laughs> and Brian's in there. Uh, Kayan Jackson, all the way from Jamaica. Hiya, Kayan, how are you? Um, Paul Alvis is there. Hello, one and all. Um, yeah, FA Cup weekend. Um, let's introduce you straight to my panel tonight. First of all, well, he's, he, he's just the left to my right. It's Josh Dorr. Say hello, Josh. Hello, Josh. It's nice to be, uh, yeah, it's nice to be on with uh, our next guest because, well, it's normally, he's normally on when we lose, to be fair, but I think we're so bad now that he only comes when we win. Well, to be fair, okay, you know, I mean, let's introduce him, okay? Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he hasn't been on for a while. It's Trump off the street. Put your hoodie back on. You look like, a, you look like you're jumping on a bag of chips there. It's, it's John Welsh. Say hello, John. Hello, John. I'm back. Hey! I'm back. <laughs> oh, how are you, Pa? I'm good. I'm good. Um, tired. Uh, it's my day off. But yes, it's nice to get a win at last. I was dreading it. I was dreading it. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Pa, I, 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 I've forgotten what this is like. I've forgotten what this is like, you know. It's, um, uh, it, it, it's been so long, you know. So have I, mate. I, I, honestly, this morning when I woke up, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Can I still do this? I don't, I don't know how to do this anymore. But yeah, I, we won. It's easy. I don't have to say it. We could just say we won. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's nice, isn't it? Um, I, I, this is the first time in a long time I'm not going to be playing all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's get straight into it, guys. We're going to keep it as short as possible tonight. And um, a couple of things before we start. Um, big thanks to Chris for doing Thursday. I really like the way he did the show. And so we're going to try to follow that um, sort of setup. He did a great job. It's nice to have him back. He's the guy who, you know, who really pushed them, the live shows forward from the beginning. He's put so much work into it. So it's great to have him back. A mate of mine, guys, has moved out to Perth in Australia. Krunal Atag Judy um, is living out there. And he's looking for um, an Arsenal group to watch games with, etc. So I don't know if anybody goes to the Boozer in Perth or anything, but if you can get in touch with us, uh, or get in touch with Crunal, he's at Doug Judy. Uh, he's a good lad. He loves the Arsenal, and he's very good company. So, yeah, there you go. And to shout out to you, Crunal, because you're a top man. Um, John, first to you, mate. I'll I tell you what. This used to be every week. 
at least once a week and now this is the longest extended period I think I've ever had off honestly I feel like I'm Mesut Ozil I'm getting paid the big bucks but just never turning up well uh, you know okay say a bag of deck says Perth that's my neck of the woods right I'll have to get you in touch with them uh, I'll, do, I'll do that later Pop. thank you very much Brendan Almeida is there and Rudy Drastos and Mike Hurts oh, the gang's back together I said the band's back together I'm, I'm loving this John no Ozil no Granduzzi three at the back talk to me I wasn't too surprised with the three at the back. David Luiz was back available again. I thought he'd come back in. I know people don't like him, but under Arteta, for the most part, barring his blips, has been one of our better players. I think he works better in a three. Um, no Guendouzi doesn't surprise me. But there's clearly something going on in terms of his attitude or whatever else it is. Uh, I think he's a decent player. I don't think he's as good as he hypes himself up to be. And maybe in the future he will be. And that's great, but... Arteta came in and he had a very clear rule of this is the way we do things. This is how Arsenal should be, you know, seen publicly and privately. And if you're not going to get on board with that, then you're out of the squad. So enough. Uh, Ozil apparently has a back injury. It's an away game, so I didn't expect him to turn up anyway. Does he have a back injury? He might do. Honestly, I don't care. I'm beyond caring at this point. If I won the Euro Millions this week and it's enough money, I'd go and buy his contract out and fuck him off. Honestly, go play in Turkey or wherever it is you want to go. I've had enough of him. I'm bored of the conversation, honestly. It, it, it's a strange one, isn't it? it, it it's a, yeah. I, I, I mean, the Gwen Doozy business, it blows my mind, you know. You can't be that bang average and have that much of an ego. You just can't. Yeah. Okay. I think... I think the other thing with the lineup today, uh, barring those two ex- uh, exclusions from it, was we haven't got a lot in midfield right now, so you have to compensate for that in some way. I think having three at the back also was a nod to the fact that you know Sheffield are very good in the air; they're good from set pieces. Having an extra, all that was Kalasnich playing as a centre back. He's big enough; he's got that aerial presence, and also trying to get that slowly develop that you know partnership between Saka and Tierney, which is something we hopefully be you know seeing going forward into next season as long as Saka signs up you really want to get that partnership going as quick as you can absolutely pal absolutely there's two comments on the chat box I'm just going to read out and 235100 says I assume that furloughed usually means something else to John Welsh <laughs> that's brilliant and the other one's Richard Morris Ozil uh, um, Ozil back injury it's a laid back injury <laughs> Um, Josh over to you Uh, the the formation um, talk to me yeah uh, I thought it was kind of interesting to see us pick three at the back although to be honest when I first saw the lineups you could have worked out I think if we were going to play four at the back you could have made a team there with it it's we've got such a it's like John has said we've got a problem in midfield. We've also got a lot of players that can play there. It might not be their best position, but we can kind of chop and change. And I saw against, especially Brighton, where we got caught out a couple of times against very tactically astute managers that changed the formation mid-game, you know, without making substitutions. That we kind of got caught out. So I think having, you know, you could easily see where Kalasinic could slot into maybe a back four uh, or go even up to left wing and see Saka move into the midfield more uh, in that kind of term. But it was interesting to see uh, what Arteta was doing. You saw uh, Kalasnic coming really high up the pitch next to Xhaka for a lot of the game, uh, which is kind of surprising. 
from that kind of thing. We haven't you don't really see centre backs move that kind of way unless you're looking at, to be honest, our opponents, Sheffield United, with their underlapping centre backs that they didn't necessarily deploy until later in the game. But yeah, I think it was interesting to see. Try and give us a bit more steel in midfield. Uh, Xhaka and Willock there and Louise being able to come in as well. So yeah, it was interesting to see how we actually lined up because as I say, I was completely unsure of what we could see just from the team sheet. Absolutely, pal. It was, it, you know, you, you looked at it and that, that back three won't have played together before at all. You know, you look at Tony's, um, uh, you know, regathering his... Um, it's fitness, it's confidence, but yeah. AMN's back and wing back for the first time in a while. Um, you know, you got the, so you got yeah. So I was going to say the thing about a three at the back though is Kalasnich, Louise, and Mustafi would have played, but had a right back with them. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, most of our right backs are pretty attacking and pretty shocking defensively. So Mustafi's probably used to not having cover from his right back <laughs> in the form of Bellerin, Maitland, Niles or to come Cedric Suarez, who, again, will probably go down the long list of right-backs that don't cover the full-back, uh, the centre-back, sorry. It, it it does make me laugh sometimes where we don't cover any. You know, I thought midweek, you know, I thought I thought Pep was shocking. The poor Hector, he didn't have a hope, okay? But, um, you know, th- th- that's the way we are. And I was a bit concerned about Willock as one of the two because, you know, he's had a tough second half of the season he started off great but it, it's gotten tougher um quick shout out Yvonne Kofors in the um uh, in the box Yvonne you're one of my favorites it's great to have you back in there um Cyan Vesh Oscar Arias Kelly Duel Guna NN Guna um uh, you know pff, I love this chat box it's magnificent John um game starts off we were okay, um, but bloody hell, we you know we can see the corner earlier on, and um, Norwood to McBurney to Lundstrom, and they score. Thankfully, though, they're offside. It's well worked by them. You know, better teams than us will concede that goal. If you know what I mean, better defenses than I was will concede that goal. But it was a bit of a worry, wasn't it? Yeah, and you knew going into the game, set pieces, long balls were always going to be their most likely avenue to score. Um, and the thing is, if you don't win the first header, it's so important that everyone tracks their man properly. Uh, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus because I know people have already had a go at me on Twitter for not being Pepe's biggest fan, but I think it's him who loses his man who scores the goal. And then Lacazette is sort of coming back from the front post. We've got no one on the post either which in the end helped us out because otherwise it would have been onside. Um, and they just kind of get lost in the model when the ball gets put back across. I'm not going to blame, I think it was Xhaka who got out muscle for the header. Look, they're a really, really good team in the air. Um, they're very they're, strong. They're, they're well drilled, aren't they? Yeah, they're very, very strong aerially. And sometimes look, you, you can't win every single header. I actually fought defensively from headers the majority of the game, not every you know set piece, but the majority of the game, we actually dealt with it quite well. Um, but, if you lose that first header, you've got to react uh, to the second ball, and we were just slow to react to it. Um, no blame on the keeper; it's just it's the other players around it. That second movement, which is something we've been guilty of a lot of the time. Um, 
you know, not just this season, but the last few seasons, to be honest. I think actually we've got quite a good record from set pieces. I know it doesn't feel like that because I always look at those stats and go, really? But I think like last season we had um, one of the best defensive records in the league from set pieces or like second best other than Liverpool. We, we were, yeah, we were superb. We didn't, yeah. we didn't have a goal in from a corner mm-hmm. until kind of the last five, six games. Okay? Yeah. Um, but what we were doing last season really well, you'd have Lucas Torreira, for argument's sake, marking the main threat, okay, which I always found frustrating. But, you know, he's not there trying to get muscle but He's just been a nuisance. Mm. And we, 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 we kind of aren't as smart. We haven't been as smart as we were last season with that, have we? No, it's, it's a little bit disappointing, but you've got to think... I think Josh said this on the um, main pod the other week that, you know, these players have gone through a transis- uh, transition period of having Arsene Wenger for a very long time. Then you get in Unai Emery, who wants to play a totally different way, which means everything's got to be relearned and they clearly didn't like it. Then Freddie's in for a bit with no coaching backup and then Arteta comes in and then you have this corona, you know, the pandemic happen and just yeah. everything's in the air. So it's a lot to take in and try and change the whole way you play. Um and we just there's there's not a lot of confidence in a team defensively. You can see sometimes they still get nervous when they've got the ball and they're passing it out from the back and things like that. So you, you've but, got to take your time with it. But yeah, it's look, it's it's a good it's a good ball in. He wins the header well. They react quicker than than we do, which is our own fault. Um, yeah. you know, but thankfully for us, it's offside. And VAR actually did what it's supposed to do. I'm, I'm going to point. Sorry. There's a great point in the chat box from Marcus Hodges as well. It's credit for the guys for holding the line. Yeah. I think that's something we don't appreciate enough. We've just gone, oh, we got lucky there because VAR's there and we're offside. No, we meant to play the offside yeah. line. That's not the only uh, goal that they got disallowed for offsides. We, we're quite good at holding our line and we've been quite good for it for a couple of seasons. And, and, and building on top of that as well, okay, you know, even the best defences in the land get lucky. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and so, yes, okay, we, we'll come on to the goal we conceded, but I thought you know, there were some brilliant last gap blocks, last uh, last gas blocks and stuff like that, you know. I, I thought, you know, I, like, I'm, you know, John put in the box, oh, Mustafi's going to Mustafi it up again. I thought Mustafi had a great game. Defensively, he saved us on a couple of occasions. You know, when Rob Holding was, you know, Louise played well. You know, yes, we heard him, scared him at times, but they coped and, 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 and you know, we, we won at the end of it. But one thing I want to build on from John's point, Josh, and it, it kind of comes nicely on, we look nervous. And I think a lot of that is down to our lack of movement. We're static and we're slow. Our, our midfield doesn't give our, um, our, our, our back four, back three, whatever it is, options to pass too all too often. And that seems to go down the line throughout the team, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it kind of stems from having a different goalkeeper as well. Of all of the players from the back, the defensive unit was saying, including the goalkeeper, the one I was most nervous when they were on the ball wasn't Mustafi, wasn't David Luiz, Kalasanich, maybe if you had to use his right foot, but it was Emmy Martinez for me. <laughs> I was just a little bit nervous when he had the ball. Every so often, you're just like, oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to Cruyff turn? He's going to do something stupid, isn't he? <laughs> he feels like he's got the liabilityness of Wojciech Szczesny. But the, the thing with Martinez that made me laugh during that game was 
like I think it got to half time, and so like I had a quick scroll through Twitter, and everyone's going, "Wow, Martinez distribution, and everything else." And he was—he made some amazing passes. And then second half, you just saw that completely fall to bits, and you were like, "Oh god!" And you a couple why? of times when he, he was, was when he was passing to Jacker, and it's like you're passing to a guy who's got two like strikers either side of yeah. him with two yards. You're like, "Oh yeah. Jesus Christ, don't do that!" He also <laughs> had the benefit of playing into the wind. Yeah, first half, that, that strong, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, the strong, you know. But when he, he went in the second half when he made that pass, oh, it was like a fucking bugs bunny movement. What? You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, I was like, Jack is running in because you know Arteta's told him to run in, and that's where he should be picking the ball up. But the, <sighs> you're just like, oh, Martinez, you're not playing FIFA, no one's got reactions quick enough to lay a pass off. and play that but I think that's where the nervousness kind of for me came from and whether or not that emanated through the side but as you say if Jack is dropping deep to pick up the ball and uh, Louise and Mustafi are going out wide then yeah it's only Joe Willock and Tierney sticking out wide Maitland-Niles sticking out wide it's kind of up to him and Willock and Saka to drop in and try and pick that ball up from or Lacazette as we saw mainly through the first half getting fouled on the halfway line the, the, the one thing that kind of annoys me is, you know, you know, at any set piece, whether it be throw-ins, whether it be playing at the back or whatever, um, you know, you're not having somebody drop deep, as you say, and somebody stretch the other way. You know, you're, you're not creating that, those mismatches. You're not creating any space. And it's, it's, it really is a bit of an issue. Um, but, you know, we, we move on. Um, John, I'm coming here specifically for you. We see a uh, an awful Joe Willock corner. I mean, when you got Pepe, who's got such quality from dead ball, and you got I, I was really disappointed in that. Followed up by um, Lacazette winning a penalty for us. Um, Steve McMahon, <laughs> just, I don't know what he was doing, in the, in the, what he was watching in the in the in the commentary box, but he's. He just wasn't watching the same game I was. Um, you know, tried to tried his best to say we didn't deserve it. It was a clear penalty. And Pepe, oh my god, he can he can he can a dead ball. Talk to me. Yeah, I I mean the Willock thing, just quickly, I didn't understand why he took that corner. It was really because I think he's the only one he took the whole game. It didn't make any sense to me, but I just thought immediately, oh corner call, Pepe's gonna put a good ball in. As much yeah. as I've moaned about him since he signed, his corner delivery's been fantastic. Um but yeah, just good play. Tierney gets the ball, finds Lacazette. Um, he does the thing that he has at least kept consistently good at uh, <laughs> since his, the last season. Um, he's with his back to goal and trying to hold the ball up. Um, and wins a, yeah, wins a penalty. I don't think there's any argument about it. I wasn't watching the BT coverage, or if I had it, or if I did have the BT coverage, I didn't get to see Steve McManaman. I saw all over Twitter that he was moaning, so I just assumed oh, like normal scouser nonsense. Yeah. Um, it's probably because someone was talking about a different football club for the day and not talking about Liverpool smashing their own cities of shit. Um, but, you know, Scousers. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a really good penalty. I was I was a little bit surprised, I'll be honest, that the keeper didn't get closer to it because I've watched him this season and he looks a really good goalkeeper. He, he had a word, apparently, at half-time. He was moaning at his goalkeeping coach because hmm. they told him which way to go. Um, and there must have been something said. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Arneman was talking about it in the commentary. But 
if he'd have gotten to that, you know, because it was right in the corner, wasn't it? Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not expecting him to get it. It was just, yeah. like, when Pepe stood there, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, he's going to go bottom right, left-footed, he's going to go that way. Just the way you see him hit the ball when he always sort of curls it and he always goes away from his body and stuff, I just thought, oh, he's going to go bottom right. This is a decent keeper. He might get to this if you don't bang it straight in the corner. But, like, great penalty, put it exactly, you know, basically you've got to be stretch Armstrong to get to that. Yeah. yeah, I was a bit surprised by the keeper, so I can understand why he's had a coach. coach but a little bit against the runner play, probably. Maybe oh, wasn't oh, quite yeah. what we deserved. I thought, you know, Sheffield United had kept it fairly even and probably created the better chances. But I was like, yeah, we'll take that. Just the way things are going at the moment, you just need a bit of luck or someone to make something out of nothing. Lacazette, you know, got won the penalty. And I thought, OK, one new up. Maybe because Sheffield United lost a couple of games since the comeback, they haven't been the third they were earlier in the season. Might just give us a little bit of confidence. I just thought, maybe get a second goal if you can. If not, get through to half-time and we should be okay. Yeah. Um, Josh, any other points on the goal? Um, no, not really. I think John covered most of it. I could have him at Manaman rant, but I think I'll save that for later. <laughs> yeah, certainly it's about. Um, yeah, <laughs> following the goal, you just see it. We, you know, we grew in confidence. You saw Henderson make a great save from Pepe after some good work um, from Lacazette. You know, you saw Fleck having to take out Laka uh, and get himself a yellow. But Turney, Turney was the guy for me. You know, he was stretching that left-hand side. And when he was putting crosses in, my God, they were dangerous, weren't they? Yeah, I don't know what's more exciting about Tierney. The fact he can put a decent cross in or the fact that he seems to be the only wide player other than Saka who'll take his man on. I haven't <laughs> seen... It's ridiculous when your left back is the best at one-on-ones in your entire squad because I'll be damned to hell that I see a £72 million Pepe take a player on in the first half. It's ridiculous. Um, he, but he, yeah. he runs his channels as well, doesn't he? Pepe, uh, sorry, um, mm. not Pepe, sorry. Tierney, yeah. he, he's, re- he's away. He's away mm. with the fairies, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's gone. He is flying down that wing. He's putting in dodgy tackles. He's got the sense of awareness that kind of comes from, you know, being an underdog. You know, the biggest games that uh, Tierney has played in his career has been as an underdog for Celtic. Other than the old firm, which they just generally spent, he spent, what, nine seasons just bang away Rangers. He'd be playing in the Champions League. It's against the Barcelonas, you know, the Bayern Munichs. They're playing big sides and he knows how to play those big games. He's got all of the things in his locker to kind of one-up yourself and get that slight advantage over any opponent. And it's what we kind of need in the squad, is that kind of player. He, I, I just so impressed with him, you know. He he, he was forcing um, United into defending really well. You know, there was... Um, I can't remember who, which one of the defenders. He put one cross in. You know, he was... The stretch and the, and the challenge from the defender had to be absolutely perfect because the quality of the cross was superb. And before we go on to you, John, I'd like to wish Viking, Lengend and Gaming, um, I hope you get the clap, mate. You're a bit of a dick coming in the chat box and giving it large now. So, um, go to hell. Take that. Uh, sorry, John. That's <sighs> better. Oh, that's, that's off my chest. Now I can carry on and enjoy. Um, you see McBurney and Bullock uh, have a head clash. Off oh, that looked nasty. Yeah, like 
no no intent from either player. They're both just yep. running and it's just an accidental thing. Um, it's the probably the only thing the referee got right in the game. I thought he was awful, not just for us, but for both teams. Some of the free kick decisions he made in for either side were really bizarre. Um, and some of the non-bookings uh, that he didn't do. But he actually got that one spot on. Um, and so I think there was another head injury as well later in the game. Uh, that he blew up for those things he was getting spot on and I'm really glad to see that sort of thing he's getting sorted out by referees now and they're getting the medics on thankfully everyone was okay um, but yeah that's that's the instant I don't care if you've got a chance to score a goal or you're about to get tapping or whatever like players health comes first and if they're alright afterwards it's just tough shit that's the thing you've got to be dealing with i I, I got to be honest here. you know you, you looked at it and as you said both players, eyes on the ball, no intent from anyone. And McBurney, you know, I know, I know from the boys used to watch him down the Swans last season, they loved him. He, you know, hard as nails, he put his head where it hurts. But you, you saw Willock, you know, because he's, he's a big lump at McBurney. You saw Willock, you know, he, he was like a car crash for him. And, yeah. um, and as you say, the referee wasn't very impressed. He's another attorney as well. Wasn't very impressed with him, but he got that spot on and thankfully everybody's all right. Um, Josh, you know, the the rest of that half, we see Martinez making some good saves. You see Pepe taking people on. He actually ran a channel. Unfortunately, the Willock ball got cut out. But, you know, he, he, he went to run the channel. We were on top, weren't we? Yeah, uh, we started to see, I think the goal gave Pepe confidence. And he started to look like that player that some may have seen at Lille, where... He looked like he had a bit more fight in him. There were still a couple of occasions where I think that his decision-making could have been better. But for the first part of that first half, it was just like having a, a kicker from NFL. You know, he was pointless anywhere else but, but from a set play. You know, we weren't getting anything out of him. Uh, but as soon as, yeah, he got that kind of confidence, I think we'll slowly see him kind of build in confidence next season. But uh, he's now up, what is he, six, 16 or 17 goals and assists? I think he's 16, yeah, 16 or 17, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's around that number. So it's a decent return in his first season. It's It's a good return, but he's done it kind of unspectacularly. You know, he used to say about Meza Ozil as well, that he'd never, he'd do everything without flair. And it's weird to see such a prolific winger have very little kind of, flair to his game yeah he's got some nice touches when the ball's at his feet but he doesn't use that flair to get past a player or doesn't do anything extravagant it's all quite uh, mechanical from him uh, John, I, know, I know what Josh is sorry Jason I get totally what Josh is saying because I'm waiting for that game the first one where he gets the ball and it's on the halfway line he knocks it past the player runs past them and you know nutmegs one and takes around another one and then puts it in the top corner because you can see he can do it it's mm. not like he has it's, it's so obvious he's got the talent and the ability and you can watch the videos at Lille and stuff and obviously this Arsenal team is different to the Lille team he's playing a different setup it's not the same system he's used to but you just want you just like so many games I've seen him play and like the Brighton game where he had the fullback on toast and he could have got around him every single time I just wanted to get the ball and just just go just run at the player just do that and hopefully, like I, I said when we signed him, I was like, um, yeah, I'm going to be annoyed when he doesn't do what I want him to do, but I'm going to wait until his second season. So the same thing with players like Pires, Gilberto, you know, there's a long list of them who take their time 
to adjust to the Premier League. And I hope that next season, you know, we really see what he can do. Because he's clearly got it all in his locker. He can do yeah, it all. I, yeah. I just want to hear a commentator say Pepe's on his bike at yeah. least once. I want to hear that kind of uh, cliched bit of commentary from him and just want to hear about your pacey winger saying he's on his bike he's gone and someone playing a ball in he might not get there but I want to see him put on the afterburners and and that's that's the point you want to bring up Khalid Joel is put in the box here Pepe didn't have that many passes to him um, against Brighton but he's just stood there he's static he's not making any space for himself he's not offering himself and he's not running the channel so everybody's slagging off um, Hector Hector's got no options because Ceballos has been just as fucking lazy inside him. The only option he's got, the only guy who's making himself free is Mustafi. And, and, and you know, and, and Pepe's playing statues. But when you look at the talent the guy's got, it's exceptional, isn't it? But like, like Josh says, and he's away, he's gone, he's down the channel, then you've got the option. I think the other thing today as well is that he benefited from that back free playing. Like he did get back and he tracked back and he put a really good tackle in actually in the second half and, and won us a goal kick run in the corner. Um, but in that setup, he doesn't have to go with his man as much. It helps that Sheffield United play the similar system as well. But because he's got that freedom to stay a bit higher up the pitch and because I use, uh, Maitland-Niles, because we were playing with a wing back, he would run outside him sometimes or he would run and make that space for him. And he also had Willock coming on that right hand side to help him a bit more because... I think when we were playing Xhaka, Guendouzi and Ceballos, they're very, or, or Saka even in, in a midfield three, they're all very left side minded. So that right side of the pitch, they, there wasn't a lot at all to get to him, which really doesn't help his game. So I think today you saw a lot more of that option. Um, and also the other thing, like Josh was saying about the system, we saw before where Xhaka would sort of drop into the into a back three and then Saka would go wide and he'd be a widest player. Saka was coming in inside a lot more uh, today, even though he was sensibly playing wide, and Tierney was the big overlap, who was fantastic again today. So it just opens up a lot more channels for him. And having someone like Xhaka, who I know people don't like, but if you've got someone like Pepe who can run, if, you, if we turn a team quickly, and you saw it in the second half for a couple of counter-attacks, get the ball to Xhaka and then let him play into the channel for Pepe to run onto, he's going to cause absolute havoc. This is the thing, you know, it's just these guys getting on the same page. You know, I've got to be honest, I think Pepe's got so much talent about him. You know, if he can turn that into influencing the game, you know, his goals and assists so far this season have been great. If he can get him on the ball more, if he can show himself more, I think one or two, you know, runs here and there. And, you know, even, you know, with good players, they're running the channel just to make the defender think so often, you know, you don't need to expect the ball. You've just got to have the defender on his toes. And I want to see more of that from him. That, um, that also, just quickly, Jace, that if you start scaring a team with one side of yours, so if it is our right side because of someone like Pepe, it immediately opens up your left flank to get in more because the team's going to overcompensate. They're going to go, well, I can't push my fullback this side because Pepe's there and I need to cover defensively. So their right-sided fullback is naturally going to come forward, which leaves space for players like Saka, like Tierney, to get in behind. And they've immediately they're like, uh, and it just puts them horribly on a back foot and the defence really doesn't know what to do. It, it, it's this thing, isn't it? You know, you want to create overloads. 
you know, and and the best way by to create overloads is working hard, is making the runs, it's drawing players out of position. You know, how often have we seen a back four just sit there heading balls out or just, you know, standing strong and we can't get through it? Well, if you've got players like Tierney, Pepe, you know, Saka, pulling players out of position, it's a hell of a lot tougher to do that. Um Josh, one one thing I want to bring up here now before we end the first half. Um, there's a clear shirt pull on Luis at free kick in the penalty box. You can clearly see it. Um, not given, ignored. VAR doesn't get involved. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, I, I'd be, I was slightly annoyed about it. But if I look at the game as a whole... Danny Ceballos is very lucky on a tackle yeah. on uh, Ollie McBurney in the second half. But we'll say tackle. It, it kind of happens, doesn't it? In that kind of thing. And that's the way that... the ground. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way that the ref wanted to ref the game. And if he gave that one there and we get something out of it, then I would be completely happy with him. Well, not completely happy. But I'd see why, in terms of consistency, we kind of get one against us later in the game. Otherwise, yeah, nothing hugely to it. It was quite a rough game, generally. Um, I think there were certainly people mentioning it was a bit like getting Stoke flashbacks uh, in some of the pieces of play uh, that we saw from Sheffield United. I thought it was physical, okay? Mm. I, I there, were, there were a couple of challenges. And, and you know, there, there, was, there was one um, where the guy came off his ground, I think it was Fleck. And he picked the yellow card. I thought that was a bit dirty. You know, there's one in the jacket as well. But on Laka, sorry. But I didn't, you know, I didn't feel it was, I didn't feel it was a dirty game, you know. Um, the push yeah. by McBurney in the second half, you dirty cunt, McBurney. What are you doing? You know, there's no need for that. And and, and, and for Cherney to leave that goal, I thought that was, that was criminal, that was. That was, that was terrible. John, that's the first half. The biggest concern is easy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I thought most of the balls into the box we dealt with really well. I thought Mustafi, he made me nervous a couple of times. I think there was just like twice where he just took his eye off the ball and he's been past him. And he wasn't necessarily under pressure, but he just let it run and then would react afterwards. And I just thought, oh, just keep it together, Mustafi, because other than that, You've actually had a really good game. You've been winning headers. You've been winning tackles. You've been passing out nicely. For Luis was very good, consistent. Kalasinic, you could see he was a little bit iffy, especially on his right foot. Like Josh said, I didn't really want him to have the ball at the back too much unless he was passing it out to Tierney. Um, but I thought for the most part, we did well with it. I, I thought although Willock and Jack are in a midfield two is going to be suspect in most games, this time I thought it worked out fine. They were covering each other. Xhaka was getting the ball in space and Willick was doing all the running for him. So that was great. Um, I just, we lacked a little bit creatively and it looked like, other than obviously the, the penalty we, we got, I thought the only way we were probably going to get in was with Saka or Tierney. That looked like our best avenue uh, to, to find a goal at that point. And I was a bit disappointed that players weren't smart enough for finishing the chances that Tierney was putting into the box because some of his, his balls in were, were fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a problem we've continually had all season. I don't know how many times you've spoken about it. We never attack the box. You know, we never attack the box. And it's an issue, Josh. 
Yeah, I was going to say, to be honest, uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, how often have we had a player that can consistently put a decent ball into the box? I would understand if, to be honest, I've been Joe Willock and I've played under an Arsene Wenger system for years, that I get bored of trying to go and attack in the box because I know that my fullback's not going to put a decent ball in for me. And it's that kind of laziness that eventually will just work through and we'll end up with those players. Like a Saka will make a late run into the box. We saw Pepe starting to ghost through the box uh, when he kind of realised that, you know what, if Tierney's got the ball, he's actually going to put it in for me. You know, the same way that Henri and Wright spoke about Dennis Burkamp, that as soon as he's got the ball, I make whatever run I want where I think I'm going to score from, Burkamp will put it into the position I need it to be. And it's that kind of thing. We've got to learn about that kind of uh, chemistry within the side. And the more Tierney plays, the more we'll see, I think, just naturally our players attack the box because they know, you know, there's a lesser chance we'll get caught on the break because we'll probably score instead or get a corner or just put it wide. Yeah, there was there was one re- there was one particular ball. I was a little bit disappointed Pepe didn't like hit the target with, and Tierney had I think he had Lacazette and Willock had broke in. Yeah, and they were like near posts, and Pepe made a brilliant run, ghosted into sort of the the penalty spot, and Tierney picked him out perfectly. And I just I mean the keeper probably had it covered because um, he's he's a he's a very good goalkeeper. I think he's, is he Man United? <laughs> alone, isn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, he didn't put it on target. But it was just like. Oh, okay. We've got that now. He's got the ability to do the near post ball. He was doing first time balls. He was doing now. I'm going to take a touch, pull it back because I can see the run coming in. Um, so that is really exciting going forward. Hopefully, we can get it from the right hand side as well, and you get it both sides. To be fair, in that move, you know, that was one of the few moments we did load the box. Okay, and I think you know you'll see Willock as he develops. He is a B two B. He is an attacking threat. He will get in the box. I thought. You're a little bit harsh on Pepe on that one because that that ball was travelling when he hit it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, is it right mean, yeah no, it is, don't get me wrong, it is a bit harsh, but I know he's got the I know he's got the ability to do it. Yes, yeah, no, 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 I can't do it. I, he, he'll be disappointed himself. He didn't hit the target. Yeah, and yeah. I think high expectations is fine. You know what I mean? I think that's really fine because it's what this team needs. But you know, I think that there's some positives there as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Bit of a shout out, um, Stephen Mawasi. Um, he's from Kenya. He's in the box. Josh Dawes in the box. I've mentioned you already, Josh. You know, Jim and Salmon, David Keith. Um, there's a couple of others I missed. Grand Riddlebourne's there. Um, Luke Howard's there. William Struthers is there. John Bernstein. Hi, guys. How are we all? Um, second half, guys. Josh, United come out for us, don't they? Um, they come out, they're going for us. They they start off like a you know, like a rat in the trap, and within five minutes we see Luis go off injured. How are you feeling at that point? Uh, well, to be honest, my internet went down, uh, so I turned it back on to the second half with David Luis going off injured. Going, what's going on here then? So, John, uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I wasn't overly worried because I thought, like Josh said at the, the start of this, when I first saw the lineup, I was like, is this a back three or is it a back four? Because, you know, Maitland-Niles can play midfield, he can play fullback. Tierney, we've seen, can play centre-back. We know Kalasnich can as well. And there's, we had a lot of options. So I thought, OK, maybe we're going to rejuggle the system. Um, but he decided to stick with the back three. Holding came on, which I thought, 
I didn't have a huge issue with. I thought Holding was great in um, God. Who did we play last? Southampton. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great in that game, so I had absolutely no issue with that at all. But yeah, they came out really, really well in the second half. We were a little bit too passive. Um, the one issue with obviously playing two in the middle is that we're not going to keep it as long. But I think Arteta's whole plan in this game was Sheffield United are obviously very good defensively. They're very compact. So the only way you get at them and get an opportunity to score is to try and stretch them. So you want to use as much of the pitch as possible. So he's trying to keep that whip. So I understand his game plan. But I think there maybe was an argument to either maybe you do shuffle it to a back four or you add an extra man in midfield and, and try and work some sort of tighter passing around them. Um, but yeah, disappointing for Louise because I thought he had a good game other than his, you know, when he went off injured, I didn't think he put a foot wrong, to be honest. No, no, I thought, you know, I thought that some of his passing was great. Um, it was just disappointing. Josh, you'd have seen after that, Basham just heads wide. How he missed the target, the target, I don't know. Um, you see, you know, the game's a bit back and forth. United are definitely on top, but both teams keep on making mistakes on the counter, don't they? Nobody's actually grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and taking advantage of good counter-attacking opportunities. Yeah, this is the downside, I think, Sheffield United had, particularly with their system. When they bring those centre-backs up, yeah, it's great, as we saw with Basham, you know, when you whip across in, you've got actually a really strong header of the ball in the right penalty box for you, you can put a decent chance on. But as we see with someone like, um, was it Enderseev? No, it was Robinson, I think, that came up. Yeah. Uh, and just overhits his passes. That's what you don't get that from a midfielder or, you know, like Sander Berg or the John Lundstroms in that team that would be able to thread those kind of passes for them. So we got off a bit lightly from that regard. But I'd also say, you know how we were talking earlier about how we were keeping a good offside line. Again, you know, there's a reason why they weren't getting in because we were keeping that line solid. But Bernie's not quick. McGoldrick wasn't quick. They couldn't get in behind us on that. They couldn't. They didn't want to take their chances because they knew we'd just catch them offside constantly. And it was like having that old back four in their place. You know, it was like Winterburn, Dixon, Adams and Bold just armed straight up every single time. They just didn't want to try and run in behind us because they knew it just wasn't going to bring any reward to them. No, no, I think you bang on. I think you bang on. On 66 minutes, we replaced Lacazette and Willock with Eddie and Danny Ceballos. We, we lacked control. We couldn't keep the ball. I thought the Willock, I thought Willock had a decent first half, came off the ball in the second half. There's no shame in that. Um, Lacazette worked hard, won the penalty, but we need them to score more goals. We need them to be more of a threat. And that's a bit of a concern at the moment, I think. Um, but, you know... Well, there's no point having anyone to pitch it away from goal if you want to score a goal, Jase, is there? Because let's be honest, you don't score away from goal. You've got more chance of Ozil turning up in a squad than Lacazette scoring a goal away from home. <laughs> <laughs> I've mean, been waiting for something. I've been waiting for something. I like Lacazette, Lacazette and I like his work rate and his effort and he won the penalty and fair play to him. But the ball weren't sticking with him today. It, it weren't sticking... Um, Sometimes someone's out playing you, and I know people don't like stats, but goals and goal involvement. There's there's two 18 year old unproven kids who have been more involved, played way less games than Lacazette this season, Saka and Martinelli. John, 
it's easier to do it in the League Cup than it is in the Premier League. Case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my point is, this has been going on for a while now with Laka. Yeah. It? It's yeah. been going on too long. What are we? What do we need to do to get him more involved in the game? How do we help him turn this around? That's the bigger question, isn't it? Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's not all on him because, let's be honest, us as a team this season have been garbage for the majority of it. And I don't want to moan today because we've won, but we have been really poor most of the season and we haven't been creating chances. And if you're a striker for Arsenal, it's got to be pretty miserable this season. Unless you're a Bamiyang and, you know, you sort of just get the ball when you go, oh, this team's a bit shit. I'll just have to do it myself and score a wonder goal or something, you know, or or get lucky and get a rebound. Um, the problem is that whereas a Bamiyang, I think, can get you something out of nothing or will score a goal regardless, he might need a few chances to score a goal, but he will get one. Lacazette is much more, at least to me anyway, he feels much more like a confidence player. If the team's playing poor, he's just going to get so few chances that if he gets one and he snatches at it and doesn't score a goal, he's just he's going to go lower and lower down. Um, but yeah, I thought he put in a good shift today. But to be honest, the way Nketiah has been playing, I, I didn't have a problem with the substitution at all. He brings a bit more energy. He's going to chase more. He knows Saka. Um, you know, there's a good link up there. Clearly, you can see it when they play together. They understand each other's runs. Um so, yeah, I didn't have an issue with the sub. Sabayas coming on, I mean, he, yeah, in the end he came good, but I'm not his biggest fan in the world. I thought Willock had a decent game as well, did go a bit off the ball in the second half. I thought, in general, Jacker and Willock kind of disappeared in that second half, to be fair. Willock seems to have a habit of only lasting 50 or so minutes. Uh, I'm sure our different Steve would have said he's got a touch to the Awobis of that regard. A lot of blokes would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. But this is the thing. Lacazette. So what's your opinion on this? He misses runners from deep. He hasn't got them. He you know, used to love to play off Ramsey. He'd love to play, you know, when you used to get that little triumvirate, you know, Ozil, Ramsey, Lacazette. He'd love to do that. He doesn't have that anymore, does he? Well, no, but... Uh, I think... He he had Willock today, didn't he, Josh? He was certainly making a lot of runs in the box. Yeah, it it wasn't like he's not got runners running off him. The thing that's changed is Lacazette has lost his scoring instinct. That's the difference. Is he's not as we said it about. I think it was a tweet going around about Olivier Giroud. Uh, I think something Nicky kind of shared with us and what was going on with and what you felt about Giroud. He didn't really have a scoring instinct, but how he brought other players in was what we kind of needed from him. The only way I saw Lacazette scoring a goal uh, for us today would have been a half-turn kind of flick and smashing it from 35 yards because he wasn't getting close enough to it. And I don't think he's... It's not... It might be harsh to say. I don't think he's intelligent enough to be a fox in the box. He's got a bit more... He's a bit more of an all-rounder in that case. But, yeah... um, I think the only real thing we can kind of see is I think both of the, our big level strikers are going to go in the summer, to be honest. One because they're too good for us and the other one because they're not good enough for us. Yeah, well... I think you, you look at Lacazette when he was playing really well, he'd receive the ball in the boxes back to goal and he'd turn his man and shoot. And he's not doing that anymore. And And... 
yeah, it is not all on him. The team itself has not been creative enough. But he's getting a lot more runners now. He's getting Saka. He's got Willock. Um, when Sabayas plays, he sometimes gets forward. But he's, Pepe's starting to come more on his game. It's not like a Bamiyang doesn't run off Lacazette and come in from wire to drag defenders and stuff. But yeah, it, it's not working out. Look, if I, I think like Josh said, I agree. One at least one of those two is going Lacazette or Aubameyang. Um Financially, for us, it probably makes more sense to get rid of Aubameyang than Lacazette. But uh, if you, in terms of just wanting to keep goals, then yeah, bye bye Laka. Sorry, it's one of those. And they're saying I'm just in the box. I mean, not of a Ramsey yet. Um, well, we scored a second. Jason goal. isn't. Sorry, that's not that quick. Jason will never be over Ramsey. Let's get rid of the elephant in the room. But, but, but the other elephant in the room is we scored a second goal from midfield today, all season. You know, and that's that's a fucking disgrace. That really is. Our midfield this season, you know, there were people talking of buying Danny Sabayos for 30 million quid. Fuck me. Fuck me. You know, I'm not being funny. Do you just burn money at home? You know, do you, do you just spunk it up against the wall? Because our whole, every single one of our midfielders this season, and as much as I like some of them, they have flattered and deceived. They have been they've been shameful in so many of the games. It's unbelievable. And when you when you're not getting goals from midfield, you know when you got Callum Chambers who's got more of a goal return than your whole midfield, something's wrong. Some something's rotten in Denmark. You know. So let's go on to the goals. Um, we see the McBurney push on Kalasinach. How the referee's done nothing about that, I don't know. My next note is IFing love Kieran Tierney. He's my neck. I'm gonna be I'm he's my next fanboy thing. Kieran Tierney's the next big thing. Man crush already. The kid is just superb. Brilliant. It's almost like Jason has a thing for people who are descendants of like proper Celts. I don't know what it is. It's just yeah. Okay. <laughs> a, proper, a proper Welsh boy in Ramsey. Then you know a proper Celt, Glaswegian, proper nasty little boy <laughs> Tierney who loves him. The thing I love about Tierney, only player in short sleeves. Everyone else turns up with a Gucci bag. He's got his Tesco's bag. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, Simon's tweeted that was magnificent. <laughs> you know, that was just I love you even more. Yeah, but, he's great. I think you know the thing these guys have got in common. They play ambitious football. They go forward. They get into, the, you know, they get up, they try to create things. You know, oh my God, if I see another sideways pass, I'm going to cut somebody's legs off. It's pointless. You know, some of the time it's really got me to be crab. You know, that's why, you know, you want to see Pepe on his bike, as Josh says. Play with a bit of ambition. Let's go forward. You know, you, you, you attack by going forward, not by crossing, you know, back and forth, etc. It's pointless. But, you know, you, you saw Tierney. He is on his bike. He is getting forward. He's putting the ball in the, in the, in the danger areas. And we've got to match that ambition now as, as the rest of the team. And I, oh, I do. I've, I've got to immediately apologise so I don't get assaulted. I'm not saying that all Glaswegians are violent, but Tierney's actually was born on the Isle of Man. So I don't want to say <laughs> he's not. So he's not a proper Glaswegian. So anyone who's Glaswegian, please don't beat me up. <laughs> It's one of those things, isn't it? It's one of those things. It's it's just he's you know, I I, I just love players who play the bit of ambition, it's nice. Um right, okay, let's get to the goal then. Who wants this one first? Um 
It's a corner. It should not have been a corner because you see Tierney make a perfectly good challenge. The referee gives a free kick. You then see Eddie get penalised for winning the ball cleanly in the opposition box. This is how bad a game the referee had today. That was just it was absolutely embarrassing. But um, it's a flat throw, sorry. And whoever's taking those flat throws, my God, he got some power on them, didn't he? It was... It wasn't a Rory de Lap loop. It was like a, a scud missile going across the place. And I'm not sure if the ball is too high for holding or if he ducked. But Kalasinac just buggers it up and McGoldrick jumps on it. Who wants it, lads? Um, I will also throw my my one of my favourite players in the team. I should know annoys people. Granite Jacker under the bus a little bit because... He, I don't know what the fuck he was doing in midfield before that to the build-up to it. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, their throw-ins today were a bit savage, weren't they, Joss? It reminded yeah. me of the video of, I can't remember who Stoke were playing, but whoever it was, the goalkeeper gets it, and you see him go to kick the ball out for a throw-in, and then he goes, oh, no, fuck that, and kicks it out for a corner instead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I want to think it was Man United, but it's certainly yeah, it somewhere in that, that kind of level where they're like, nah, nah screw this. Um yeah, it was kind of... I'm more annoyed about the Enketia thing, so I kind of just missed what happened in their counter. Because I'm like, what, wait, what's going on? He's clearly, that's not a foul. I mean, Eddie's just... We've seen Lacazette do it, and, you know, he's got quite the um, large behind, so it's clearly like a a bit of a wrecking ball going into his fellow defender when he uh, turns around to block someone off. But Eddie's still, like, pretty slight. So I don't understand how that's given as a uh, as a free kick so quickly as well. But yeah, just when it comes to the goal, it's, I think the thing that's, I don't know, I'm not going to say most frustrating. I don't think Holding's at fault, to be honest, for it. The only reason he's at fault is purely because Kalasnic kicks the ball against him. And you can't legislate for having a retard in behind you. Um, and yeah, what Kalasnic is doing there, I think that's the more that's the annoying thing because you could see that I don't know when I saw that lineup come out, I had Kalasnic as the weak point in our defence. I know that's an odd point when people will look at it and you go Mustafi Louise and Kalasnic, and you're going with the massive Serbian who. But, you but know, he, he, he again earlier on in the game, okay, he left. He just watched a runner in the box oh. run off him. He he's 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 fucking watching it. Okay. He is defensively <laughs> inept. He always has been. You know, he... but you've, got, you've got to remember, sometimes Kalasinic, he, his brain will switch off from the football and be watching the ball, but mm. actually what he's thinking about is who he's going to murder next with his bare hands. Or like when he was so angry, he wanted to fight the sun at Southampton, as you can see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think uh, Cactus, uh, our, our friend Cactus is in the chat, he put um, he thinks the ball held up a little bit in the wind, which I do think. I think is why holding it looks like he's mistimed his jump slightly because that wind was proper whipping about in the stadium as well. So I don't think that helped. But yeah, it's just it's it's another sloppy goal to concede, and it is people switching off, um, and it's disappointing. But to be fair to Sheffield United, I think they at least deserve the equaliser in that because they were well on top in the second half. Oh, do you know what? I I, I actually. 
didn't have an issue with the equaliser so much. It was just the way he let it in, you know. You can see, you know now and again, you know, you swing for the ball, it comes off the side of the foot. It wasn't anything like that. It was just we panicked. And was I'm not sure if it's because due to um, holding, missing the header, or down to clock. I'm not sure, but it was frustrating. But this is the really nice part of the podcast now. To get a praise somebody who I've had to give some probably we've had to give so much stick to this season. And can I think I, he's sorry, so can I add add one other thing as yeah. well? I'm just double checking the stats, but I'm ninety-eight percent sure that was the first goal that McGoldrick has scored this season. <laughs> and he's the striker. No, sorry, sorry, I like that is his second goal oh, this well, season. Yeah. He got another one in the FA Cup. Probably so, against so, someone like Cheltenham Town, but he has not scored in the Premier League this season. He has played all of their games. So McGoldrick has as many goals as our midfield. Yes. Let's uh, just yeah. remind everyone of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love your eye for detail. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Ceballos, a player who I've slated and slated and slated. <laughs> we see some really good work from Saka, Eddie. Ball comes to to Pepe on on the break. Okay, he's in the box. He's we've kind of messed it up at this point. He's got to come back. There's no clear pass on. Ceballos is coming up like a train. Takes the ball off him. Drives. Goes near post. Beats Henderson. Oh fucking la la la! What do you think of that, Maples? Go on. I was so shocked, honestly. I, when he picked the ball up off Pepe, I thought, oh, for fuck. He's going to run to the byline and he's either going to try and like do a little dink into the box or he's going to turn around and go back to a fullback and slow it down and everything. And he actually had a shot. I was just like, what? This is amazing. And but, I mean, even when he took the shot, I thought, oh, keep, he's going to say that. It's near post. It's easy. But he beat him. He's a really, really good finish. Um, and just like completely against the run of play, Sheffield United must have been absolutely gutted because when they got it to one all, they thought, oh, we probably won't even have to get to extra time. We could probably beat these mugs in the next two minutes because the way they're falling apart at the back at the moment, they're throwing themselves all over the place. But yeah, just totally out of the blue, but really good play from Eddie and Saka in the build-up. Um, those, just the kids at Arsenal at the moment are fantastic. Uh, I'm glad Tobias got a goal. Happy for him. I still think he's way overrated and not worth 40 million pid quid and Real Madrid you could fucking have him back and then sell him to Real Betis because that's probably his level and don't get me wrong I'm not saying we're not Real Betis level either at the moment but I want to be above that so bye 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 Danny as far as I'm concerned Um, but look if you want to be if you want to create yourself a little bit of Arsenal history great he's got the goal he's got us into the semi-finals very happy with that just relieved we've got through the game no extra time Um, we needed we seriously needed some luck it was good build up the ball broke to him in a nice way and it's a great finish I, I love the ambition, Josh. You know, um, you see the way Saka plays. He plays ambition. Eddie, to be fair, I think we can really see in the last couple of games that Eddie's development over the last, since he's come back to us, you know. Um, I know he's nowhere near the finished article, okay? But, you know, he played a full part in that. Pepe held on to it. And then the, the, the ambition from Sabayos, uh, you know, that I love. Having a go. Having a go. Not being scared to take responsibility. And I thought the team did that well because the equaliser was a shock, wasn't it? Mm, definitely. It was a... I think, as we kind of said, it wasn't necessarily against the run of play. 
but it was a, a goal of our own misdoing. But then to go up the other fit, other side, because they were attacking us heavily at that point. I think that goal comes from their corner, doesn't it? It's a counter yeah. from there. And I think that's the kind of thing that uh, being a bit more defensively stable or at least having, you know, we've seen Mustafi and Holding do, you know, you wouldn't say they had a bad game against uh, Brighton, didn't necessarily have a bad game against Sheffield United, uh, Southampton as well. When we've seen Holding and Mustafi come in, we generally, they've done good things and that confidence breeds through the team. And then you see our deeper midfielders run beyond the ball or at least break into the box because they know I'm not necessarily needed for numbers behind me because, I don't know, David Luiz is going to shit himself and the ball's going to go into the top corner. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that kind of... You could kind of tell, I don't know, because at that moment, I was busy talking to someone in the room and I was like, oh, hang on. Uh, and they're like, what? And this is at like 90, even 89th minute, where the break starts. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure something's coming on here. We're going to score. I think it's Xhaka that plays that ball out to uh, Pepe to start him on the run. And then, to be honest, because uh, it's a one-two, isn't it? The Off uh, Eddie. Is this the one where then he plays it back to Pepe? Was that a different one where he messes it up? Uh, that's, that's, that's a different one. It was a different one. It went out to, I think Pepe picked it up. Mm. Uh, from a Xhaka pass and just the, just as he's come to like halfway he fires mm. it across to Saka who then yeah. it's to Eddie and then Eddie picks out Pepe who's kept his yeah. run going. he's kept charging into the box that's the one yeah. that I thought to be honest Pepe should have you know knocked it in front of him and just continued sprinting and thought he could take the keeper on there and just bury it into the bottom right corner but to see Ceballos coming through eventually just, as you say you think the move's kind of broken he is especially when Pepe kind of stumbles over it because you were hoping on that recovery, he's just going to knock it out, give him a bit of space and just curl it again into the far corner like we saw versus Brighton. But it was an unusual finish, I say, from Ceballos because, again, I was I would have put all my eggs in the basket of him just giving the keeper the eyes and just dinking it over him. That's what I saw him doing. He seems like that kind of player. Yeah. You know, that kind of one that the only goal he scores is just cheeky little chips. But yeah, just to slide it down the keeper and beat him at the near posts. Uh, I think it was no less than what we deserved, to be honest. And it's great to see we're getting goals from our midfield as yeah. well. To see a midfielder put it in, irrespective of how you feel about him, to have uh, a midfielder making that kind of run into the box, picking it up and just smashing it in. Yeah, this is what we want to see. It's, it's this thing, isn't it? You know, people think we, you know, we, we favour certain players. We do on performance. You know, it, it's all about performance and ambition. Yeah, I'm not going to slag a player off who's having a goal, you know, uh, and, and failing and having a goal. You know, I, I, I'll give him a bit of respect, but and, and fair play to, to Sabayos. You know, that's a ballsy thing. Yeah, that's a ballsy move at the end of a game when we've been on the back foot for much of the second half. So that's the game, lads. Um, eight, we're through. That's all that mattered. It's not the prettiest, but football is strange at the moment. I don't think any of us can, you know, comprehend kind of what is going on with everything. The stadiums are empty. Um, it, you know. it felt like a proper FA Cup game, though, didn't it? Like, we get a penalty, we score from that, the game's going okay, it gets to half-time. The underdog team, I know we've been crap, but Sheffield United are still seen as the underdog team. 
get way back into it. They're on top. They get a goal. It's all the pressure, and then bam, counter punch, and we get them and get the late winner. It, it, that felt like a proper FA Cup game, although there was you know no fans in the stadium. It did. I mean, you know, we're lacking the fluidity of um, a joined-up season, aren't we? That's the big yeah. problem. And when you look at where we, where you know, furlough kicked in, you know, we we were on a decent run at that point, weren't we? You know, I mean, but hey, look, we are where we are. Um, through to the semi-final. Um, and the next question is, so I'm going to come to you for this, John. Um, bros No Hose says, asks, can we win the FA Cup? A great start to the 2020s if we do after all our troubles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I love this. I've missed uh, it so much. I've missed it. I'm, I'm going to be honest and say no. I really wish we could, but I don't think we can. No, honestly, I just think you've got Man City still left in it. Uh, who you got? City, United, Chelsea, Newcastle. Um, I can't remember who else is in. Is that it? I don't know. Okay. Uh, United. Yeah. Say United. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, so I, yeah. Out. I, I yeah. can go through everyone that's left. If yeah, you go, want. Go, go, go through who's so left. It's United, uh, us, and then Chelsea are playing Leicester at the moment. Oh, and then that. Newcastle play City this evening. Yeah, so the draw is at half time in the Newcastle City game for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, weird scheduling thing. Look, if we get, let's say Newcastle pull off a miracle and we get Newcastle in the next round, maybe. Um, on, on any given day, if we're at it, then I think we could probably beat every team who's left in it, bar City maybe Chelsea. I don't know. I've got I think no problems with Chelsea, to be fair. I, I got a bit, yeah. the, only, the only concern for me is City. You know, this yeah. isn't the team we beat in the semis going to play, play Chelsea in that final. But, I, I look, you know, you, you... It's not impossible. And obviously, on that day, you can get the result. Um, no fans, all that kind of thing. It's very strange. So it's all up in the air. My heart says we can win it. My head says we've got no fucking chance and the season's done. Just enjoy it. Ride it out. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I, I, say we're, I say we can win it, okay? But you wouldn't catch me putting any fucking money in it. Not a chance, okay? <laughs> Not a chance. Um, Josh, this one's for you. Jo, uh, Junior Gunner asks, that there is an argument to suggest that Arteta doesn't set us up well to control games or to impose ourselves or our strengths on um, uh, other teams. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it depends on... Well, I say who we're playing. Our strength is in attack-ish. You know, we've got Aubameyang, we've got Pepe, we've got Saka, but we haven't really got a midfield that can kind of give them the ammunition they need to then create. So that's... I don't want to put... The, all the blame on the midfield, but it is a big problem of ours that because it affects you in both going forward and going backwards in the game. That I think our defense is okay. Uh, we've seen, you know, it's it's not a title winning defense, but I think we all agreed we're not at that level. And to be fair, we weren't at that level even when Wenger left. You know, yeah. the defense has always been a problem. So I don't know. I think Arteta is slowly learning. I think that's why I saw with the 3-5-3 that he set up with today was him taking some more learnings 
Uh, I think he's a very tactically astute manager, but he's just putting all of his learnings into kind of practice now. And whilst the team's growing, yeah, whilst the team's growing, he's growing as well. But it's matching up your ambition with your tools, isn't it? You know, you yeah. you the players you've got available. This is the ambition that he wants to play with, but has he got the players to play the football he wants at the moment? I, yeah, I, I, wanna... I don't understand this argument. So I saw people on Twitter during the second half saying, "Oh, I'll take to do something. We're losing control of the ball and everything else," which is true. We were, and Sheffield United were on top of us, and that was partly down to their good play and they're very well organised and they know their system in and out. They all know what they're doing, but. He's, look at his bench options. He's got nothing. He's got absolutely nothing to work with. And like Josh said, it's not all on the midfield, but that is a huge problem. And we've got no midfield that can keep the ball realistically for a long period of time and keep the tempo and just ping it around and keep passive. And you know, sometimes you just need to take the sting out of the game for five, ten minutes. Just keep the ball, keep possession. You might not be making chances, but just half it around your team. We used to be able to do that when we had, you know, a Cazorla or a Ramsey and those kind of players, but we haven't got that in the squad right now. So you've got to be patient with Arteta because he hasn't got those kind of players. No, I mean, look at, look through the subs bench. I don't think we've really mentioned that fully on the, other than the players that came on. But as you say, John, at that time where we're losing control of the game, 54 minutes in, we've already played... Uh, Rob Holding's come off the bench, so we've got four subs we can make. And you're looking at Bellerin, Socrates, Sabios, Abamyang, Nelson, Nketiah, Macy, and the kid Smith. Hmm. None of them are going to no dictate the tempo in a game, are they? No, Sabios is the only one hmm. from there that has it in his locker to do it, but also kind of needs a bit of steel next to him yeah. to allow him to do that. If we have someone, say, like Lucas Torreira, there who's going to do the defensive work for him and those players that do exactly what we want in terms of keep control of the ball can be a bit more expressive and play those passes that you know draw defenders to them to then just play the ball past and keep that tempo going at the moment the only way we're doing that and taking a sting out of a game is playing the ball along the back because that's where our best ball playing players are at the moment they're not in the midfield and you have you seen a team try and play and keep possession with the front three. That's not how football works, really. The, the thing I always find is I, I find frustrating as well is, let alone technical ability, we don't have that physical, athletic ability either to stretch the game. You know, you, 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 we're very one-paced, Xhaka, Guendouzi, Ceballos, etc. There's zero pace in there. You, know, you, you, you match those guys up with some like KDB, you know, and you've got a proper athlete in KDB, you know. Um, we did see some of that from Xhaka today. He was holding his man off to get through the midfield. Yeah, yeah. We saw a little bit of it, but to be honest, again, don't you say, that's not his game. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't be relying yeah. on Xhaka to knock yeah. the ball forward. And Will beat it take athleticism and make the Niles does? And there's an argument maybe you could have put make the Niles inside in the midfield to make a bit more solid across the defence. Um, but those two players, Willock and make the Niles in particular... Technically proficient, but they're not going to keep the ball nice and tight, passing that kind of thing. They're more can run all day, box the box kind of players' energy. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure. I think I, th- I think I think Amen's got the ability to do it. Whether he's got the top two inches to do it is a yeah. different question. You know, yeah, I think that's the difference. I wouldn't necessarily trust them to do it. Yeah, at the moment, at the moment in their career. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. You look at Amen; he's so laid back. Okay, but he's got. 
the physical athletic attributes. He's got the technical ability. I don't understand. Obviously, something's happened this season. Okay, we, we don't know what it is. But when you look at some of the shit that's been put out by our midfield, I don't understand how he hasn't had a go. But that's for Mikel Arteta to look at. You know, I'd love to see all these homegrown kids develop and do well for us. You know, Willock, he's a prospect. But, you know, they need a little bit of time. And and sooner or later, they'll get it and, and we'll go forward. Um, let's move on then, because we've been gone an hour or so, so... We're going to wrap this up. Uh, David Keith says, Hi, lads. Brilliant to see you all. And realize you're all well. Locked down in Lanzarote. If you don't cry for me. Duh. It was quite nice to hear last week as well, to be fair, so we can't moan. Um, he says, I thought Tierney was brilliant today. Do you think he could be a future captain if he keeps fit? I'll answer that. Yes. I think he's got the attribute. He's got the attitude. He's got the footballing intelligence. Um... It would be nice if we get a couple of players like that, you know, leaders down the spine of the team. Humble, players. humble. He's very humble. Yeah, he's he's got he's got a proper head in his shoulders, isn't he? It's yeah. about. I remember talking to Neil Chimp, and Neil Chimp would talk about Arteta or or, or Rams Ramsey. And sorry, I, I keep on bringing him up, but they're, they're, these are Neil's words, not mine. And Neil and Neil say. That's all they care about is becoming better footballers. That you know, that's all they care about. They work day and night to be better footballers. You can't say that for every our team, and that's an issue. I think you can say that about Kieran Tierney, and I think you can say that with a lot of confidence. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you, David. Um, John, on to you. Uh, Arteta's comment on Pepe. He is a player with incredible potential. But he needs to be decisive in every game. Yeah, it's it's, it's what we said. Um, that is obviously via our friend Scoop Collins. If you're not following Simon Collins, he's great on Twitter. He's obviously getting to go to the games as well at the moment. The git. He still has perfectly quiffed hair despite the face mask as well. But yeah, he's always got good two news for you and little scoops every now and again. But yeah, that, that's all we want to see with him. It's just sometimes, like Josh said, he he could. He can be in a game where he might score. He might score the winner, or he might score the second goal or the third goal in a uh, in a win or something like that. But just sometimes, just get the ball and just do some magic because you know he can do it. Uh, but that's as like I said when we signed him. Wait until his second season, and then then you can properly assess him. The ability's there, no doubt, isn't it? It's just getting getting him mentally right to the way they, we went into play. Um, Mr. Door, Mr. Door. Uh, David Keith asks, are you happy with Maitland Niles today? I think he works well with Pepe. Thank God for VAR. <laughs> uh, was I happy with Maitland Niles? Yeah, I think he put in a decent performance. Some of his uh, passes were like standard Maitland Niles traits where, <laughs> you know, he's just a bit lazy, just a lazy, lackadaisical pass. And I think we can get him playing right wing. In that regard, I still don't think he's a midfielder. I still don't think he can play centrally. I don't oh, think he's good I'd enough. Love to, I'd love to see you have a run, Messi. I, I, and, and you may be right. Okay, you may be, you may be on the money, but I think his his physical ability, his athletic ability. I, you know, I, I, I'd love to see him have a goal. What about you, John? Do you think he? Would you like to see him have a goal? Um, yeah, I think 
he's a great utility player. The thing that I would say, like, I do agree with Josh, I think if you've got an opportunity to give him a run in midfield, I think it's only going to make him a better player. And what he kind of reminds me of, the fact he can play so many positions, he's like a like a faster James Milner in that sense. You know how like, everyone sort of always said, oh, James Milner, he's not all that. He went from this team to that team. But you look at his, look at his medals and his trophies and all the clubs he play for and actually go, oh, you know what? That bloke I didn't rate that much. He was kind of quiet and a bit boring. Actually, he's really fucking good at football and just Mr. Consistent. If Maitland-Niles can get to that... Perfect. I'd, I'd keep him and I wouldn't sell him at all. James Milner is world-class at being average. <laughs> that, is, that is James Milner in a nutshell. But, but I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying he's world-class at being average. But, but my point is, I don't think his performances ever are average. I think he can be functional at times when he's asked to play in a position he's not good at. But I think if you look at his performances, they're always... To it, he's always seven and a half, eight out of ten. Always, and which, which he's not, you're, not gonna, you're, not, you're not gonna watch James Milner, <laughs> you know, Rabona and fucking pirouette on the ball and nutmeg people, and what, especially not now, he's a lot older. But, um, you know, you never saw that early in his career, and I'm not expecting that from Maitland Nelds either. I'm sure he probably thinks he can do it, and maybe he can because he's still young enough. But just be Mr. Consistent, just do it, just make yourself invaluable to the squad. It yeah. might not be the career you want but it might actually give you a much better career, whether it's with Arsenal or another team, you know. But I, I think he's got that ability to be that player who can join a squad and the manager goes, you know what, I can rely on this guy. I can ask him to play whatever position I want on the pitch and he's going to give me that consistent performance. I think after a couple of years, we'll see Maitland-Niles maybe move into the middle. But at his age, he's, what, he's 22 at the moment. To be honest, I can see him being a winger until he's into his you know, mid to late 20s and then come inside when his legs go. But at the moment, he's quick enough that he should be on yeah. the wing. Yeah. I'd like to see that pace in the mid middle. I've got to be honest here. I'd love to see that athleticism. I know he hasn't got the same attitude or skill level as KDB, but there's something about him physically which kind of reminds me of him. And he's got enough technical ability to do well there. But whether he can or can't, we'll have to wait and see. Um... I think this one's a bit of a, f a fun question to end it all on, okay? And it's going to tick the annoying people box as well. So the last question, I want everybody's opinion on this. Stoof Fluffers asks, would you take Aaron Ramsey back in a swap deal for Mesut Ozil if it was a net zero cost to the club? Just spitballing here. Thanks for your work, guys. Stoof, thank you very much. Josh, you first. Juventus aren't stupid, stupid enough. We spoke about this this Juventus week. aren't stupid enough. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But would I take Aaron Ramsey back? No. His time at Arsenal was great. But you don't pine about... I wouldn't pine for Aaron Ramsey. I can't remember how I put it to you, Jace. I think I said it was something like... It's like that X. You remember all the good times. But then actually, when you think about it, you remember how, how many times you're like, oh, actually... He was injured all the fucking time, wasn't he? Only turned up for like 30 games a season. Say that, okay? 330 plus games for the Arsenal. He's the top 50 performances ever, okay? Yeah. Yes, the injuries are there. You can't, you can't get away from mm. them. You can't get away from them. And, it's and they're only going to get worse as he gets older. And to be honest, he, he didn't turn up a lot at Juventus in terms of 
not on the field. On the field, Jace, you argue he definitely played well. But how many times was he available for Sarri in his squad? Not that often. He was no, carrying he, a lot of injuries. He carried that injury yeah. in that season, okay? And he can't get away from that. Yeah. But when you look at Juventus and only played 28 league games, I think, you know, there's a lot of people using stats to sort of to form their own opinion on it. And that's fine, okay? I think for us, the most important thing is it's for this team now. Let, let, let alone Rambo, okay? But for this team, would you do it? It's a bit of fun, that's all. No, I wouldn't do it. Um, uh, easy answer to this. I would do the swap immediately because it means Mesut Ozil's gone and I can stop <laughs> hearing people talk about him. And I can stop having all the fanboys in my Twitter going, you don't understand how good a... Fo- I understand how good a fucking footballer he is. He just can't be bothered to do anything. <laughs> but then what I would do is the moment Ramsey comes in, I'd go, oi, Newcastle, you've got loads of money. This is a very experienced Premier League footballer we've got right here. You want to get him in your squad and the oh yeah, okay, ching, loads of money. Ramsey goes, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not sure. You go, Rambo, you're gonna get loved by everyone in Newcastle. This is the only team. Geordie's gonna love you. And you go, you know what? That's not a bad little retirement. Yeah, I'll do that. And then get back as a coach because you're good mates with Arteta. So yeah, simple. We make money and we fuck a Furzel. Easy. It's a bit of fun today. It's a bit of fun. That's it. Um, that's it for today, guys. We're through to the next round of the FA Cup. We've beaten Sheffield United for the first time this season. <laughs> Fuck, I never thought I'd say those words. Never thought. <laughs> yeah, we played them three times and we got a loss, a draw, and a win. Oh, shit. But more importantly, John, I could have podcasted you again. It's honestly, it's been lovely to be back. I. Didn't forget how to do it. Well, I hope I didn't anyway. People in the chat box have been very nice to me. I hope you've not been nice just for the sake of it and I actually made some sense. But yeah, I will try to be on more often. At the moment, Sundays is kind of my only day I can be available. But um, once all this, you know, global pandemic thing calms down, maybe we'll get that contract taken out or the, like a cure or something, then I might be able to have a life again. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's just been such a strange time. I'm sorry, I've got to pick us up. Julian Salmon, Ramsey is ox mark two, just not consistent enough um, and too injury prone. When you're in the top 50 of players to represent the club with appearances, you're the leading goal scorer from midfield. I'm not sure you can comment on consistency. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those things... You know, he's, he's right though, because like Ox left Arsenal and he won a league title as well, just like Ramsey. Yeah. So yeah, they, they're very similar. So they've gone on to win. <laughs> with very, we should say, with very little input into that title uh, <laughs> winning season as well. <laughs> oh, I tell you, he's still got more goals than our midfield. <laughs> the both of them, I think. I think both of them have got more goals than our midfield. Uh, Josh, brilliant to chat to you again. Enjoy yeah, it's, it, it's been a pleasure. John. Love you for that. Um uh I need to get some uh Cronel's um, uh, um contact details so bag of dicks, don't I? Um right, guys, that's it. Yeah, look, we're through to the uh semi-final of the FA Cup. We'll find out who we play later. On Thursday, Josh is joined by Nicky Wilson and Ellis Mel in the Nodge special. Um, uh, for the live game, we're going to do our, our lineups for the rest of the season um, as they come along. Um, thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. You know, a bit of tappy tappy wouldn't go amiss. How many likes we got? 
56. Oh, shit. It's all right, guys. I can give him the technical spill. See, because the YouTube algorithm is more likely to show our show to other viewers. It's not done on view counts. It's done on likes. So if you hit the like button, we're more likely to be found by other people, which means if there's more people viewing, you can have better arguments with strangers in the chat box. It's win-win. So stop being idiots. Stop being <laughs> assholes. Start tappy-tappying, and let's get this going. Um, thank you. Take care. Good night. Keep it Arsenal. Have a ball. Take care, all. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.